You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Happy holidays, Lightning fans. Welcome again to the LightningInsider.com podcast. Eric Rowlandson, your host from lightninginsider.com. Game two of a four-game road trip for the Lightning. Found them in Toronto on Tuesday. And uh, they're kind of leaving Toronto with their head down. Maybe tails between their legs, metaphorically speaking. Because in what was and what always is, or at least... In recent times, a magnified game between the Lightning and the Leafs. Of course, the first trip for Tampa Bay into Toronto since Game 7 last year against the Leafs. Won by Tampa Bay on a pair of Nick Paul goals and a 2-1 victory in Game 7. That led Tampa Bay once again on a march to the Stanley Cup Final. And things did not go well. For Tampa Bay, felt like the first few minutes, the first uh, really to the first media timeout of this game, it felt like a chess match going on between the two teams. Not a lot of space either way. A couple of uh, chances for both teams, three shots on goal apiece, and it looked like it was going to be one of those even Steven type of games where goaltending tends to be the factor in it. And we all know the Lightning have that goaltending edge against just about anybody they face. But from that first media timeout on, really for the rest of the game, it was all Toronto. Final score ended up being 4-1 in the game. Could have been worse. You know, Andre Vasilevsky in particular, after Toronto took a 1-0 lead 
you know, about three quarters of the way through the period, uh, he had to come up with a couple of uh, ten bell saves in the final minute, which eventually led to a power play chance for Toronto that they quickly converted on to open the second period. And, you know, it was 2 nothing, and it stayed 2 nothing for a while, but it might as well have been 5 nothing Because the Leafs... The Leafs put on a master class. And I don't say this, and not many people say this very often. They put on a defensive master class. The shots at one point in this game were 28-8. to Now, somewhat... A little tad, maybe just a slight misleading in that category because you know the Leafs generate a lot of chances in their power play, and they had a power play after it was two nothing where they had seven shots on goal. But even if we take those away, it's twenty one to eight, right? Like it's so it it just looks worse because of the seven power play shots. Twenty one to eight is not good. Eight shots on goal for Tampa Bay is not good, and the reason. The Lightning were not able to generate shots on goal. Number one, they didn't have the puck much. And number two, when they did have it, they didn't do anything with it. And and it wasn't a... You know, it wasn't one of these games where Tampa Bay just continually turns the puck over. There were were some questionable puck decisions made. There's no getting around that. But the Leafs did not allow the Lightning to generate speed through the neutral zone, which is something that Tampa Bay can thrive on, right? You got game breakers and skill makers who can make plays with time and space. So you take that time and space away and it's hard to do anything with the puck. They were also in Tampa Bay's face a lot all over the ice. And we've seen in years past teams that have success against Tampa Bay are teams who are quick. They're quick to retrieve pucks and they're quick to get pucks back when they lose them and they do that by just being right on top of the puck carrier challenging the puck if it were soccer we'd call it a high press if it were basketball we'd call it a full court press and it's a press you you choose the forecheck and we'll in hockey it's called a forecheck it's called an aggressive forecheck but it's along those same lines where you know the word press comes from pressure you're pressuring the puck And by pressuring the puck, you're forcing teams, in this case Tampa Bay, into making quick puck decisions. And sometimes if you're not ready for it, or if you're not engaged enough in the game, you're not going to make good decisions with the puck. So a good forechecking high-press team can make you look bad. And I think that's a big part of what happened tonight. So we can make the debate... Was it what Tampa Bay did or what the Leafs did to them? I think this was more of a case of what the Leafs did to them. And there wasn't any adjustment on Tampa Bay's part. And we've seen this. Part of how you see games is how you adjust in games. And I didn't think there was enough in-game adjustments from Tampa Bay's part, whether it was from the end of the first period to the start of the second or midway through the second, the game, Toronto dictated the pace of that entire game. Never once, specifically through the first 40 minutes of the game, did you feel like Tampa Bay was in a situation where they were going to buzz the the Leafs net, where they were going to spend time in the offensive zone, 
create opportunities, cycle, forecheck. They couldn't get pucks in deep. And part of getting the pucks in deep was how the Leafs were playing, uh, again, uh, up, up on the puck. And you don't want too much of a gap, but they kept a gap back so that if the Lightning did were forced into a dump and chase game, they couldn't chase. They dump, they would come out. Or if they did get the puck, it was too many one and done. So that's where the retrieval process comes into play. And I thought the Leafs did a lot of that tonight. And they did it very well. Honestly, honestly, I'm not sure the Leafs can play any better defensively. They weren't dangerous with the puck. They had looks. Again, Vasilevsky came up with, with some pretty good saves at times. But, you know, as as dominant as Mitch Marner was against Tampa Bay when the Leafs were here earlier in the month, you didn't notice him a ton tonight. Austin Matthews had a couple of good chances. He scores a power play goal. He didn't look dangerous all night. Right? So I think in a lot of ways what we saw from Toronto in this game was taking a somewhat of a page out of Tampa Bay's book here, right? The Lightning had to learn how to win with their identity. And you have to tweak that identity here and there. You go back to the 1920 season where they were setting all kinds of league records or tying league records and putting up offensive numbers that hadn't been seen since before the dead puck era. They could score goals. And their identity was speed and skill. Speed and skill. Speed and skill. If they fell behind 2-0, they were confident they could come back and win. And they did that a lot. But it didn't work out in the playoffs. So they had to tweak that identity to being a team that still can go, can still play with pace, but does it in a way in which the reward is still there, but you take the risk out of the game. You protect certain areas of the ice. You don't force plays when they're not there. That's what leads to turnovers, and turnovers leads to high danger chances, and sometimes you can only ask your goaltender to do so much for you. And that's kind of how the Lightning tweaked their identity. They became a patient team who played with a defensive mindset. Not that they're a defensive stalwart, but just a defensive mindset of protecting certain areas of the ice. Cut down on the, uh, you know, make sure your puck management is better. And then that's when your skill can win you games. And we see that plenty. And some of that skill is the goaltending. But the high-end skills, the Kucherovs, the points, the Stamkoses, the Palats when he was here, those type of players, they're game-breakers. Victor Hedman is a game-breaker. If you stay patient in your approach and you protect yourself defensively, at some point your skill is going to give you a chance to win a game. And I think the Leafs are transitioning to that mindset a little bit. I think the Lightning planted that in their head last year because the last couple of years the Leafs keep talking about how they're a different team how they're committed to playing better defense 
and they're, they've been a middle-of-the-pack defensive team. This year, they only give up two and a half goals per game. They're second in the league in goals against. The only team that gives up fewer goals per game are the Boston Bruins. And you're, you know, they're 33 games into their season. That's not, that's not a fluke. You don't get there by mistake. So they've obviously changed their approach to it. And when you have game breakers like they have, Austin Matthews scored 60 last year. Mitch Barner is a 100-point guy. John Tavares is who John Tavares is. William Nylander is a, he's the fourth horseman on, a, on that team, but he's as dangerous as any of the other players. When you have that type of skill, first of all, your power play is dynamic. And your power play can win you one-goal games if you play good defense. Right? What was the difference in tonight's game? I know it's 4-1, but it was 2-1 with two empty netters added on. Toronto's power play goal ended up being the game-winning goal. So it's the difference in a one-goal game. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. So I think you're seeing that. We didn't really get a chance to see that from them when they were here beginning of December because that was just such a weird game. There were so many penalties called in that game. I think there were 15 minor penalties called, only you know two sets of matching minors. So all the power play time and everything just really disrupts flow and everything else that goes on. So we didn't really get a chance to see that version of the Leafs, but you look at their stats. You know, you go on a 15-game point streak or a 16-game point streak, whichever it was, you know, you're doing something right to win close games. And this is something that the Lightning had to learn how to do. It's great that you're winning 62 games in a year. It's great that you're putting up high offensive numbers. But when push comes to shove, when it comes time you have to win a game, can you win it one nothing? I think you could say that about the Leafs the last couple of years. And even with their goaltending, like their goaltending, their numbers are really good. But I think their numbers are really good because of how the team is playing in front of them now. You know, they're not facing odd man rushes. I don't think the Lightning had an odd man rush all night. I think the closest thing they had was a three-on-two. Maybe there was a two-on-one in there somewhere. But it wasn't many, few and far between. So they're not letting their goaltenders hang out to dry. They're not putting them in positions to where they have to make a ton of high danger chances. Because, let's face it, a a goaltending tandem of Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov is not going to put the fear in other teams. However, if you put them in a position to where they can make the routine saves... And they don't you have you don't have to rely on them to make a ton of oh wow saves. Now we're talking. 
and that's where the Leafs are at. So I think what happened tonight was more about what the Leafs want to do than what the Lightning didn't do. Now, not letting Tampa Bay off the hook here. You have to fight through that stuff. You have to bring your battle level up, bring your compete level up, and put yourself into position to give yourself a chance to win the game. I don't think they did that tonight. You know, by the midway point of the game, you can you know how a team is playing you. And at some point, you have to make an adjustment, whether that's on the coaches, whether that's on the players to just pick up their battle level, however you want to look at it. And we saw the line changes in the third period. We've seen that a little bit, you know, more than a couple times here uh, over the, uh, you know, since the month of, of December started. You think back to the Detroit game, uh, John Cooper did it again in the Nashville game, did it uh, primarily for the third period tonight. But at some point, the players have to have some push, and I don't think the Lightning had enough push. They showed a little bit more in the third period, but you know you can't you can't fall down two goals and expect that you're going to come back against a team that barely gives up two goals per game and put up two plus in the third period to win a game or even steal a point. It's too much to ask. You know, this is not Buffalo. They've done that a couple times to Buffalo this year. Both times they've met the Sabres this year. The Sabres have had the lead in the third period. The Lightning have rallied. But you can't do that on a consistent basis, and you can't do it against a team that's so far showing how well they can play defensively this year. And it just wasn't there, I guess... The only silver lining, as Chief pointed out to me on the last call, was Andre Vasilevsky once again is Andre Vasilevsky. Another game where he allows two or fewer goals, kept them in it early in. Just this time, the Lightning couldn't find um, you know, their game enough to pick up their goaltender. And uh, season-long five-game winning streak comes to an end sometimes you know throughout the course of an 82 game season you are going to have games like this but you don't want to make them a habit right like you don't want to put yourself in that position where those start to become trends you want to nip them as quickly as you can and the good news as so often happens in this league is you have a chance to get right back on it tomorrow night because they are in Detroit to face the Red Wings. Second half of back-to-back, the Red Wings have stumbled. You know, when when these two teams last met um, in early December, the, the win by the Leafs actually leapfrogged them ahead of Tampa Bay in the standings, and now you look at it, it's an eight-point gap. The Lightning are currently eight points ahead of Detroit in the standings, you know, they're going to want to kind of push back here and get themselves back on track because they've had a, you know, a, a better than expected start to the year under Derek Lalonde. Vili Husso has been fantastic for him. He was in net a couple weeks ago, stopped 28 of 30 shots in the third period to uh, allowed Detroit to go on to win that game. A couple of six-on-five goals for Tampa Bay. And that's another situation in those games where you put yourself behind 
sometimes you just can't catch up, no matter how well you play. And that was the case the last time these two teams met. So they get into Detroit after crossing the border. You know, back-to-backs are never easy. Um, Even with just a short flight, it's only about an hour flight from Toronto to Detroit. Of course, you got to clear customs crossing the border. So that kind of slows the process down a little bit. But, you know, look, the Lightning should be somewhat fresh, right? They haven't uh, haven't been on the road much since the beginning of November. And a couple of uh, one-game trips, and you had the trip at the end of November. That was a three-game trip. It was three games and four nights, so you know, weren't away too long. Uh, but they'll they'll pick up the routine, so they should be rested enough. I expect Brian Elliott to be in net for the Lightning. It will be Vili Huso back in net. Derek Long did make that announcement earlier today for the Red Wings. And something to keep in mind, we might have an answer by the time tomorrow night's game ends. In fact, we should have an answer by the time tomorrow night's game ends. This trip is scheduled to end in Buffalo on Friday on the 23rd. If you've looked at the weather forecast, it's not good. In Buffalo, I was exchanging a couple of messages earlier today with somebody I know up in Buffalo, and and he said 100% this game is in jeopardy because they're calling for severe blizzard conditions starting Friday morning uh, in the Buffalo area, which includes lake effect snow, which includes potential for 65-mile-an-hour winds, and this uh, ex- uh, severe blizzard watch is ex- supposed to be extended through Monday, so all the way through Christmas weekend. And the last thing you want to have happen is to have a team stuck in another city if they don't have to be there. Now, you can always find somewhere to make up the game. It's a good chance it would end up being towards the tail end of the season when you look at the schedule for both teams. Uh, But I would have to think that that game is in some serious uh, jeopardy of being played just based on the weather, uh, which means that the trip would end tomorrow. They'd come home tomorrow night. They would get an extended Christmas break in that aspect. So we'll just keep an eye on that. We'll keep uh, an ear out on whether or not there are any changes to the schedule. I could easily see something like that uh, being the case and taking place uh, ahead of uh, Friday's game in Buffalo. But just, uh, you know, keep an eye on my Twitter feed. Keep an eye on, uh, you know, the broadcast tomorrow. Again, I'll be on the air with Chief at 6 for the pregame skate show. That's on the strike 102.5 HD2 as well as Lightning Radio 24-7 on TuneIn uh, for uh, coverage of the game tomorrow night against the Red Wings. I'll also be on with the last call or on the last call with Chief. You can hear that on 102.5 The Bone here locally in Tampa. But, of course, it is streaming, too, on uh, Lightning Radio 24-7 as well. We should have an answer about Friday's game, I would think, by then. But uh, my expectation at this point, and this this is not you know, knowing anything from anybody other than some conversations with some people in Buffalo, that uh, I'd be surprised at this point if that game is played. But just keep an ear out, keep a listen out. Uh, everything else, as always, if you're not a subscriber to my site, use the code PODCAST for $10 off your first year of a yearly subscription. Just go to sign up. First thing you see on the homepage is how to sign up. 
click on that and then put in podcast for a yearly subscription at um, at checkout uh, for $10 off as well. All right, I'll be back with you after the game in Detroit. Um, hopefully a better outcome for the Lightning, but I think we'll see a much different effort uh, from Tampa Bay or at least a much more competitive uh, type of situation for Tampa Bay in that game against Buffalo. But the Lightning do fall in Toronto by a score of 4-1. Vlad Nemestikov gets his second goal of the year. Both have come against the Maple Leafs uh, in the loss. And again, the Lightning are back at it on Wednesday against Detroit. All right, talk to you then. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.